Hello, you're listening to Ember Weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. Uh, and we like to talk about uh, Ember News. Uh, we do this uh, weekly. We've done it for o- over two years now, right? It's not over two years yet. Oh, it has to be. Because we started We started at uh, 2014 EmberConf. No, no. But, but we uh, we sealed it. So, like, uh, you know, we sealed the, the year. So it counts as two because we've, we've covered Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, we've been on three calendar years then. By that metric, we should be, we, we've been doing this. For yeah, but I have an off by one. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're broadcasting from uh, Florida and uh, Texas, Tejas. Right, the country of Texas. The country of Texas. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, and uh, I think we should just probably just you know dive straight in, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, the first thing we're going to mention is uh, is something we mentioned last week, uh, and it's kind of approaching rather quickly, and, and that is uh, the So Ember Conference. Uh, we have a promotion code. It's Ember-Weekend, and you'll get 20% off of a ticket. Uh, it's in San Diego, and if you live in any of the northern uh, U.S., you're probably eager to escape the cold. Uh, so um, so if you're, if you're down for a last-minute ticket, um, go there, and we're going to post the link to... Uh, to our discount code link, and uh, you can uh, apply that for once again twenty uh, percent off, which is pretty rad and a cool speaker lineup. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely gonna be good. I'm pretty sure that Dockyard did this specifically uh, to to like escape the the cold north, like in January. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was right. So I think they had the idea for it right after that crazy year with the crazy snowstorms, where they were getting like twelve feet of snow. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I have friends in Maine that got like twenty seven oh, feet of snow. I, I, I don't even know how people live up there. Right. It's crazy. It's like, it should just yeah. be one glacier by now. <laughs> you'd think, you'd think. Um, but yeah, um, remember to use the discount code and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. The next thing we're going to talk about is a uh, cool website by Alex Speller um, that he, he actually used to, to explain kind of like a, a route issue that somebody was having. Um, and this tool is super useful. Um, we definitely came across this in training where uh, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to create routes, trying to get, you know, figure out why some templates not loading. And it's hard to kind of explain to people when you just look at the route file, uh, or the, you know, the router JS, when you just look at that and, and see the nesting, it's hard for them to mentally get what's happening. Um, and you're, you're telling them, well, okay, you know, change the route file now move these files to another folder. And now you'll magically see that thing happen. But it's a lot of like work to just kind of like, uh, play around with it to see the effect. So this, what this website lets you do is you can paste in. Uh, your router JS contents, so all of the this dot route nesting and stuff like that, um, and then you can see on the bottom you can see a list of all of the different routes that are generated, which you can, you can kind of get that from Ember Inspector. Um, but the really cool thing is on the on the right side of that, you can see the structure of what happens, um, how all the hooks get called. So all the before model, model, after model. And then, and, and there's two kind of sets of these, a validation phase and a setup phase. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I thought this was super interesting. So on the left-hand side, you get the Ember inspector style, um, route listing, but if you click any of those, you get the stuff on the right. Uh, and, um, the stuff on the right, it'll show you like what URL you can expect to go to, um, to, to, uh, activate that route, um, shows you where they list or where they live. So if you're using pods, you can give it a pod module prefix and figure out all, you know, exactly where everything needs to exist. Um, but then the interesting thing, the thing that I think is most uh, useful uh, for me personally is this, like these hooks. Uh, so each hook um, in the validation phase is listed, uh, and then also each hook in the setup phase is listed. And what was it? What was interesting to me is, I mean, I knew this uh, kind of 
but I never really thought of these things as two separate phases. But the all of the model hooks um, for any nested route, you know, it'll go in the, in the case uh, of like a post new route, you would see the application models, the post models, and the post.new models uh, hooks. Uh, you'd expect all of those to run in order. Um, so anything that is promise aware gets set up in the validation phase. At any point in time, you could you could basically abort the um, like a transition, for instance, um, or you can error and you can elicit error states and stuff like that. Uh, and then there's a, se a separate phase where your activate setup controller and render templates uh, hooks get fired, uh, which you know when you read it in the file, like I I know that the model is ready by the time I get to the setup controller. Um, but for some reason, when I read it, I always read it, you know, before model, model, after model, setup controller. And it's just like, okay, these things happen in this order, which is technically true. But a lot of stuff happens uh, kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense here. Is this is this kind of computing? Are you trying <laughs> no, to I mean, that's 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 kind of why you need something like this to like lay it out visually. Because you yeah. can't, like, it's yeah. really hard to explain to somebody with words uh, what goes on. And like, um, and I think you really have to be able to, like uh, it's, it's like a doodle. You need to you need to be able to like play with it, change something, see the effect exactly before you really start understanding what what this change would do. Be able to predict um, what what changing uh, a route's name would do to that structure or the behavior. Yeah, but it's just it's just very interesting. I I really enjoyed this. Uh, it was just a random link in Slack that Alex uh, uh, posted to kind of help with a with an issue. Um, and I think he wrote this in 2014, so we're a little behind. I mean, this is kind of news, but it's also kind of like history, maybe like a, like we're spelunking into Ember's past. But um, it's super useful, so I think that this is definitely worth a little bookmark in your you know Ember bookmarks folder or something. Um, and uh, he has a companion website uh, called um, Ember Data Model Maker, which I've used before. I knew about this, and this is actually um, by Andy Crum, but it lets you do similar things to kind of outline how to set up your um, your models um, and what uh, serialization they expect, uh, which is pretty neat. So, um, and that's linked on the, the diagonal one. And the, the, the website uh, that Alex Beller uh, created is called uh, Diagonal or Ember Diagonal. So um, check it out. We'll make sure to link it. Uh, it's pretty sweet. And uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, oh man, that's cool. That's neat. I can click this, I can do that. That's cool. So check it out. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about is an RFC, uh, which I feel like we do about an RFC a month, maybe. Is that true? Sometimes, sometimes more. Sometimes there's multiple RFCs out. But yeah, this one, I think we talked about this one already. We, we have talked about this one in the past. I think uh, errantly, actually. Um, we mentioned that there is an Ember CLI shims repo that you can kind of, you could have kind of previewed this. So we're going to talk about the JavaScript module API uh, RFC, which was just merged, um, which means that... Uh, that the RFC has been finalized. Um, implementation still has to be done to allow this to work in um, in your apps today. Um, but this is kind of like how you can import uh, objects from specified modules rather than uh, having to um, have everything tacked onto the Ember global. Uh, so this is something that Chase brought up a little earlier as we were uh, doing our research. Uh, it's basically, uh, and I think it's somewhere in the RFC, uh, if you ever import the top level uh, Ember module, you have to include the entire framework. Um, what this, the goal of this RFC is to um, allow you to specify much more precisely what you need from the framework so that when they ship the final product, they can do um, what's called tree shaking and basically only include in the final output the things that are used inside of your application. Yeah, and this is a, you know, it's, it's a kind of a, a big deal if you think about it. There's so much Ember code 
uh, especially when you're in your add-ons, there's there's um, a lot of work that some people are doing to to reduce that amount of code that's delivered based off what you use. But uh, most add-ons, the entire thing gets thrown in there, and um, and and you know you can reduce your payload size by a ton. So think about you know when we switch to Glimmer uh, or when we switch to Glimmer two, uh, what was the payload just went down like forty or fifty percent or something like yeah. that. Um, and I mean, now they're, I mean, probably go down another 40 or 50% just because of all the stuff that you don't use. Cause there's a, there's a, yeah, ton well, of- and you can make like, you can, you could use only the things that you, you actually need, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a ton of like, say like computed property macros that you might never touch. Um, and yeah. Ember itself may not never, may not ever use. I just found out the other day that there's a, uh, there's a, a git property or, or git with default. Have you ever used that? Um, so you know, the Ember, no. Ember git, there's a git with default. I'm sure that's used internally huh. in Ember, but but you know there's things like that. There's ones that you never um, things that you, you learn all the time. Whenever you start looking at around at different, um, or sorry, that's not a computed property, but you know there's there's different functions in Ember. Things that you find, you discover, and you're like, oh, I have a problem, and you you go to like maybe pull in an add-on, then you're like, you should always check Ember first because yeah, especially right? if it's a common problem, there's probably one that does it. Yeah, I mean there's a, there's a set of add-ons that I, I basically always use. Um, and so, so I, so I, I know that I'm going to always have them available, but you kind of like forget to like where, where some of them are coming from because exactly. a lot of them are kind of kitchen sinks for very specific dishes, I guess. Like, you know, they're like, they're like logical things. So like, uh, and then, so composable helpers, um, truth helpers, you know, they all have, yep. you know, different kinds of things, but they're all kind of just like drawers of, of different helpers. But a lot of them are just in Ember. And if you think about it, if you, yep. especially with one of those add-ons, if you don't ever use, like you, like I pull in, um, uh, reactive helpers, I think, uh, all the time. But the one that I really want is the the transition two. So it lets you do a tran- like you can create a transition two on anything uh, as an as a closure action. Um, Ooh, cool. And um, but I but I a lot of times I just use that. Um, I don't I very rarely use uh, some of the other uh, you know more reactive things. Um, and and right. you know, so, I, so it would be nice to be able to eliminate a lot of the stuff that I don't use. Yeah, and and so just to kind of give a top level kind of like ten thousand foot view of it. Is basically just outlining uh, where things are going to live uh, when you have to import things uh, in this modular style. Uh, so they're they're using scopes to ensure that there's no like uh, like naming collisions, uh, so that you can have things like like Ember can have a thing called a component, which is a pretty generic kind of uh, concept. Um, so uh, it does some some clever things. Uh, like classes are um, are always the this is like a like some of the rules. Uh, classes are always uh, the default export. So if you want to import uh, Ember object, you would import Ember object from uh, Ember dash object. I think it's the actual file, uh, and then the the default would be that uh, that thing. And then uh, things on that object. So say Ember object has a get and a set. Um, you would get those as named uh, named imports. Uh, and there's a bunch of different rules about scoping, and uh, the RFC is incredibly detailed. And I think it's been open for like a long time. Uh, so there's a lot of really good comments back and forth, and I think they have adjusted things uh, to make sure that you know real-world scenarios have been uh, covered. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really it's really neat. Uh, I I think it's worth your time to go through the RFC to kind of see how this is going to affect you. And um, there's actually uh, a CodeMon thing to use automation to um, to kind of transition to this uh, to do kind of a preview. Uh, and uh, since this isn't implemented yet, the design has been finalized, but the thing hasn't been implemented yet. Um, you can use a an add-on by Dockyard. I think um, Martin uh, Martin worked on this. Martin Demas, um, Martin Shilstra is his actual name. Um, it's called Ember New Modules Shim, which is a 
It's a confusing name. I'm confused by that. <laughs> Ember new new modules. Shouldn't it be? Yeah, my, it be my brain Ember, didn't want to. Shouldn't it be Ember modules yeah. create? Ah, oh, jeez, uh, my my brain hurts. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, um, yeah, and it's basically a shim repo that allows you to do all the stuff that's outlined in the RC like today. So you can use the code mod to transition your application. Uh, to use this stuff. Um, it, it modifies the files in place. There's a big bold section in the RFC that says, this modifies the files in place. So when you do that, make sure that you have good source control and you have a commit before <laughs> you do any CodeMon stuff because uh, it would be a real shame if you ended up mutating your files in, in bad ways. But uh, this will allow you to kind of do the automated uh, step and then to actually use it uh, with the shims. Uh, so you'll have a lot more imports at the top of your files. Uh, but um, you'll be more in line with uh, the way that uh, Ember's build system is going to eventually um, allow you to to operate. So it's pretty cool. It's very exciting stuff. I'm I'm glad that it's been kind of nailed down. I know the shim repo uh, that we we mentioned in a past podcast, but it was kind of like on the sly. Um, it's been around for a long time, and uh, they've been trying to figure out how this could all work together for for quite some time. So it's really exciting that this got merged in. Yeah, the the one thing I'm uh, kind of curious about is how how it's going to deal with templates, um, right? Because if you you say, well, you never used um, you never used that file, so we're not going to we're not going to build it. In. And this is later because right now, I'll, obviously, all of this is just um, you know an RFC. There's no implementation. But uh, you know, if you didn't use a component JS and it gets removed from the thing, it doesn't necessarily mean you didn't use it in a template somewhere. So there's going to be something else happening in the templates that's letting you say, oh, I use that I use that component in a template. So include the JS, don't don't exclude that. Or does it always have to include, you know, components and all helpers because you may have used. I think them. it would have to include all components and all helpers. Yeah, right. Because yeah, because yeah, you can dynamically render a component by name. Mm -hmm. um, so it's yeah. it'd be really hard in that case. So yeah, I, I, it's it, there's a lot of interesting problems um, <laughs> that, that that are gonna have to be solved for this to work. But it's uh, definitely gonna help <laughs> with with just uh, just finding things. Uh, it's a much easier way to find like so where where. Uh, Git and set are like what was it right now isn't it like on like ember metal or something like that ember dash metal somewhere it's, it's, it's yeah in a, it's, in, it's in a weird place it's hard to remember but this one like ember slash object and then just yeah, de yeah. You know, destructure like mental model is so much better in this rfc yeah definitely um and and i think that's that's part of it too so some of the rationale is uh you know the motivation in the section for the rfc some of it's uh tree shaking which is some obvious like performance gains um because you're gonna ship a lot less um actual bytes to the user um but then there's also the um, service area. Uh, so if you for new for new people, if you say, "Hey, listen, um, here's all of this stuff. Um, here's Ember, and it's just this big giant Ember module where you're like, "Oh, what what am I doing?" Instead, you can say, "Okay, well, here we're gonna import a component, and here's kind of where the component lives, and here's what it does and its responsibilities." And then you know the next time you're like, "Oh, well, here's a route, and this is kind of its responsibility and what it does and where it lives." I think that is a better teaching story too. So I'd be interested to talk to maybe Ricardo or Todd about um, about how they're going to incorporate some of the new teaching strategies with with this RFC because I think it would open up some you know potential for like incremental learning rather than kind of like this like shotgun like you have to know a lot of stuff before you can do anything. Yeah, and also I mean, there's a there's a whole section in here about um, their their pattern of uh, only nesting one level deep, um, so it so that you won't. They specifically give an example of Java, so you wouldn't you wouldn't ever have to be like import ember slash foo slash bar slash blah slash something else um, to know you know to get the thing. Like so, you're you're always going to only go. It says it's called one level deep, but then the example they give is ember slash routing slash none dash location, 
rather than being like Ember slash routing slash locations slash none. Um, so, so, you know, you, you make a kind of a top level, uh, index, I guess that's, that's just saying, these are the things underneath me that, that they can export. It's kind of a virtual, um, way to go deeper into the, the fire, uh, file structure. Um, and obviously you only need to do that for stuff that's public. Um, but it, it is interesting that it should, everything should be very concise, small, uh, chunks. You know, you shouldn't have these massive paths to get down into something, which, which would, if you think about it could have been a concern because you know now you move everything off the ember global and that means everything has to go down like nest down inside of inside of these this folder structure of ember which is you know pretty deep yeah i'm i'm interested to see uh i think there was some questions around the add-on scoping um i i suspect that's been kind of resolved at this point but i need to go and dig through the comments to see where they landed on add-on um scoping as well because it would be nice if you could say like import um what is it? Uh, I guess import model, right? Import model from Ember CLI Mirage or at Ember CLI Mirage slash model or whatever. Yeah. That would be really pretty as well. Right. So um, I suspect they landed on something clever or maybe there's still some questions. I don't know. It's something I need to, to look into. Maybe we'll come back to this RFC uh, once, um, you know, people start working on the implementation. Right. And the ones that, I don't wonder if this has a champion yet yeah. or whatever. Well, once they, once they do that with uh, add-ons, uh, you could definitely just make an add-on that is your, your Twitter handle. And then everybody would be using like at code for fun slash Ooh, thing. That's yeah. a good idea. So yeah, you could have like all your kitchen sink helpers in there. Yeah, that'd be pretty rad. <laughs> and then and then they know exactly who to blame. They don't even have to right. open up the game. You don't blame. need to blame this. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Um, yeah. So anyways, this is a really exciting um, thing. I'm really glad that it got merged. I think that uh, it's it's been a lot of uh, effort on a lot of people's parts. So uh, congrats to everyone who was involved in that. And um yeah, I mean, go read it, check it out. You can actually uh, use it now um, with, um, and now that it's finalized, um, this actually, this shim uh, style might actually be the the de facto way to do it um, soon. So instead of doing destructuring like import uh, Ember from uh, from Ember and then you know const bracket get <laughs> equal uh, Ember object. Oh my God, that's hard, um, hard to say code. Uh, anyways, instead of doing that, you would actually do these imports, um, like starting soon. So maybe, um, we'll see documentation changes and stuff like that. I think Ember is going to end up doing its own shim, uh, by default. Ember CLI is going to include its own shim, uh, probably Martin's shim, um, soon. So that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks for uh, sticking with us through the end. Um, that's all we have for this Ember weekend, uh, but we'll be back next week. Uh, you can follow along at uh, Ember Weekend on Twitter. That's all one word. Uh, and I guess the lowercase, it's it's case insensitive, right? Uh, wait, what? What is? The Ember Weekend Twitter? It's case insensitive. Twitter's case insensitive. Pretty sure all of Twitter is case sensitive. I thought you were talking about the feed okay. XML. I was like, no, that's definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so yeah, anyways, the Twitter is every weekend, all in word, and any case. Hmm? Any in case. any case. Uh, <laughs> and then um, uh, you can also follow us uh, with your uh, your podcast reader uh, of choice at uh, emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And we will see you next week. Ooh, and the SpaceX rocket's launching in like 20 seconds right now. Is it really? Ooh. Sorry, yeah, that's important. Okay. <laughs>